Hi, everybody. Hello. Um, it's a Monday. Your so dog's farted, Natalie. Yeah. Natalie, your dog has farted. I was about to say that. And you know what? It's thick. It you is. can cut it. Uh, I have you two blaming my dog. No, 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 no. Your dog's oh, farted. I could put my pen in the air and your fart, the, the dog's fart would hold the pen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I quickly. I smell it. So it hasn't walked in here so and he's right under my well, Jess on the block. Let's speak to Justin on the block. Let's get out of it. I've got to do this with our nice thing. Okay, we talked to Stevie Butler too. We talked a bit of footy. We talked to Masto about more footy. We talked to people that are running late. And yeah, we that talk, was pretty good. We talked to people about Serena yeah, Williams' meltdown. Serena overshadows and other stuff. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nathan, Nat and Sean. Yes, we are. Let's go see the Get Come on, get involved. And we're here. Yeah. To show you, I don't know the words. Well, this was absolutely blaring <laughs> yeah. on oh, Saturday night after the game, wasn't it amazing? Um, yes. I've got to say, the light show that they've put on a night game at Optus is great, out it? of this world, Our particularly with a victory. Stadium looks beautiful. Yeah. It and is. We should be so proud of every time that we have a game show in there. Um, to the point where I think that more games that are usually held over East should be held here. Yeah, like right. the EG Witten game, that should be here. That would uh, yep. be mm. huge. Yeah, I agree with you, Nathan. I think it is something all West Australians are proud of. And for good you know, for good reason, obviously it's the best and newest yeah. in probably Australasia. And that's a reason, back to the start of it, it should be called Perth Stadium. From yeah, the you're right. That's what I reckon. Did you see the um, uh, crowd stats? <laughs> In WA, yes. WA had the highest average crowd at an AFL game this season. Well, then, yeah, you know, leading up to the game, getting there on time as a as a part of the team and as a professional. Normally, it's two hours before the game. That's at Fremantle. I think at West Coast they have about an hour and forty that they need to be at the game before. So you need to be there um, uh, as much with much as much time as your parents catching a flight. Yes. Yeah, and all the players get a car park <laughs> underneath the stadium. Okay, yeah. so they can so get they buzzed can in. in. They can yep. drive in. They can go straight into the change rooms, Nathan. Yep. But on the weekend, obviously the traffic was out of control. Mm. Everyone trying to get there at the one time, and that cost Lewis Jetta from the Eagles. I was stuck in traffic. I only live across the river, um, and I just yeah, I decided to just get out and walk in with the fans. It was a good atmosphere, um, but I'm laid back. Didn't phase me at all. I just got ready as normal. Uh, just come over the bridge, walked over the bridge with everyone. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's about having that. a few high fives. Is there not something in routine? You know what I mean? Like th- that would that would screw up my routine. I would think to be around that many people before the game because I'm guessing you would be pretty. You yeah, know, getting, getting your head in the game, you know. I think I think for me, it probably would have because I like things to be exactly the same yeah. time in, time out. But as he said, he's a laid-back dude and he was yeah. just cruising along. Maybe a lot of people didn't notice him. Maybe people did, but yeah. presumably, everyone was wearing a West Coast he Eagles wasn't top. wearing his jumper. Yeah. <laughs> but that's such an interesting thing. So he just walked in. Oh, the, he, the you would have had so – I mean, it doesn't matter how laid-back you are. There's some panic would have set in. Mm. Oh, some for me, panic, definitely. Especially when, when you've got to be somewhere yeah. on, on by a certain time and you can't get there. That is the most horrific feeling ever. <laughs> People would have experienced it when they were catching flights or yes. on you holidays. Know, you know when they were doing all those roadworks on Great Eastern Highway? Yeah. I was catching a flight and it was after work, so there's, it's a tight turnaround. And I'm in a taxi and the traffic's just sitting there. Nothing. No, but not one car was moving. And thankfully, I got a taxi driver who knew the back streets. And he's like, don't worry, I've got this. And he's like, suddenly sort of did a quick U-in. He pulled into the side, went all through the back of Belmont and Redcliffe and everything, and then just turns up. And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden we're in the car park at the airport. There were so many taxis on Great Eastern Highway who were just sitting there. Yeah. So they were obviously going to the airport too. Yeah. Those people would have missed the fire. I made mine with about... 
five minutes to go. And luckily I only had carry on and I checked on checked in online already. So I didn't have to go through any, just had to get through security. But other people would have just been stuck you there. Thank God I got the one taxi driver who knows his way around. It's very rom-com, isn't it? To get out of a yeah, car and it run is. to something. It, it is. is. It is. It's it usually is. a person at you the You feel airport. like things are going to fall out of your suitcase <laughs> as you go. <laughs> this is Nathan, Nat and Sean. Uh, Lewis Jetta plays for the West Coast Eagles. He was running late to the game. It's a big game. Yeah. <laughs> big game yep. on Saturday night. So he had to get out of his car and yep. then walk with the people to get there on time. Like, Unbelievable. The traffic wasn't and going anywhere. He was so carefree and relaxed about the situation. Yeah. So I think that he would be the only person in that situation that would be all right with that, that because anyone be else would about be freaking out. Yeah, he'd be super out. stressed. You're going to get in trouble with yeah. being one of the main yeah. calls. Yeah. yeah, we are talking about um, when you've been running late for something, what you did to get there. Kylie's in Frio. Hi, Kyle's. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, Morning, Kylie. Kylie. Talk to us about running late. Oh, my son, when he was 10, he auditioned for Junior MasterChef. Oh, yeah. Uh, we live south of the river, and it was way north, and I'm so close. Anyway, I was running late. I thought I'd give myself enough time in here. I was going, but I didn't. So we're driving along, and I'm bawling my eyes out. He's bawling his eyes out. <laughs> I, I'm telling him, it's okay, it's okay. I'll get you there. I'll get you there, I promise. Anyway, I had to end up ringing my husband, who was working up north on the mines, yeah. and asking him, where the hell am I? Like, I'm, I'm passing this building. It's this street. He had no idea, but luckily, he's put a co-worker on the phone, who used to live in that area, and she gave me directions on how to get to the venue, and my son made the audition. Oh, Kylie. Now, Kylie, I just want to say I could think of nothing better than driving past the car where the mother and son in the car crying. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be going, what is going on in there? And, oh, and bringing a mind sight for directions. Yeah. <laughs> it was more stressful than having babies. I could not believe that I had stuffed it up so bad for my boy. And hey, we know you've had a few babies, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kylie, yeah. is yeah. it really good having a kid that can cook really well? Well, he's nearly 18 now, and he doesn't even cook. Do you know, he plated up lamb rump with couscous and roasted vegetables for Anagare and all these other people who were the judges. Yes. And now he says, oh, Mum, can you make me eggs on toast? <laughs> <laughs> so what a turnaround, Kyle. It's safe to say he peaked early in the cooking yes. department. Oh, yeah, Kylie. he's given up on cooking. That's so funny. <laughs> this is Nathan, Nat and Sean. We are talking about what you can do if you're running super late to get there on time. Inspired by Lewis Jetta, <laughs> by getting out of the car and going to walk to the um, stadium with For the biggest game with the big of the crowd, season, surrounded so by punters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a few pats on the back, it, I'd imagine. It's really laid back. Uh, let's go to Jess in Ellenbrook. Hi, Jess. Hey, how you going? Hey, good Jess. Hey, you, what were you running late for? Uh, my first ever job. So oh, I, yeah. I was 15 years old and had looked at the bus schedules and everything like that. Rocked up at the bus stop, waited for about 10 minutes. There was no bus coming. Checked the times. Actually looked at a weekday, not a Saturday. Oh. And I had to run to work. Run? How, How far? far was it, Jess? Uh, about two and a half k's. Oh. <laughs> what shoes were you wearing? Uh, big, clunky black shoes. <laughs> what sort of job field. was it? What were you doing? Uh, working at Big W doing like no film. Um, that kind of thing. So what time was it? Uh, oh, it was probably about three o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. So there's me running along in my uniform, my big clunky shoes. Do, yeah. do you remember how long it took you to get there? Oh, probably just over half an hour. Half an hour I, running? I mean, I don't run on ever. <laughs> so did you get there on time or not? Yeah, I made it just. You made it on time by pouring with sweat? <laughs> yes. And uh, 
only made it about half an hour into the shift before they sent me home with shin splints. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, Jess, I, that's exactly what happened to me. I was, was running. Terrible. I was running late to... Um, uh, I opened the stadium when the Premier did it, and I had to do the speech yeah. as the MC, and I was running late. We parked at Burswood because I thought that would be the easiest yeah. way. And I had to run through the golf course in um, dress shoes. Anyway... For t- about a week afterwards, I didn't run at all because I had shin splints. It was unbelievable. So, so Jess, when you your shin splints, did you have them beforehand or did that run create them? No, the run definitely yeah. created them. The run them. created yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Did you um, sneak into the deodorant aisle and put a sneaky spray mm. on? Oh, maybe one or two. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you keep the job, Jess? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. well done. So you, you must be very good at night, Phil. This is Nathan, Nat and Sean. When you're catching a flight, you want everything to go okay. Especially as we're talking a flight that's 17 hours long. Yeah, number one, you don't want to, even like a two-hour flight, you don't want the middle seat. No. No. That's number one. Um, You want to make sure that there's good entertainment as well. You want to make sure that your app is downloaded so you can watch TV, Sean. I was losing my mind. The number one thing, you want the plane to leave on the minute it's supposed to leave. And when you're at the back of the plane, if you sit at the back of the plane, you're praying you don't get quinoa. Correct. You still (laughs) want to be able to get your food. No one wants the quinoa. Yeah. And you don't want anyone to cause a fuss to make the flight turn around. And this is what happened from a Perth to London flight, as we know, 17 hours. Yeah. And a guy was super disruptive. Um, they reckon he was acting like a cornered animal. He went into the bathroom. So he locked himself in the toilet for a long time. That yeah. is, somebody said about an hour. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time yeah. to be in the, that toilet, yeah. that's for sure. So they're just... And then he came out and was yeah. very aggressive, They've left allegedly. Um, Perth and then um, around Shark Bay. So that's two hours into the trip. Yep. Had to turn back around and then bring everyone back to Perth and then have him disembark the plane. And then everybody had to wait until the same time the next day to catch their flight to London. So they put him up. I would be enraged. I would have gone bananas on that guy on the would plane. Would you? What did you? What would you? Oh, done? I don't know. Because they yeah, did I ask my own... Sean. They asked for people to go and help. We talked about this the other week when you big and strong and you get asked to do yeah. stuff. And and a plane was one of those examples. Would you would you would have volunteered? Oh, absolutely. Because but I'm do you really think you bad would have at escalated waiting. the situation though. You probably, would have made I would have probably. You would I end up being kicked raised. off as well. <laughs> I don't think that I would have volunteered. I just feel like okay, so I'm on the flight. I just feel if this had happened, the crowd would just turn to me and look to me for help. I wouldn't. I offer. don't think they would. Yeah, I do. I would. <laughs> and then I would. Then I. Would, that's the moment where I'd have to realise: is this not, is this the moment I want to be a hero? No, not for a second. With no, the because crowd you, you, you know Nathan, Nathan is, you'd be crying because you're watching <laughs> Hidden Figures. That's why. Such a no, good movie. You would have your hat on down at the back end, with your hoodie over. on. No one would know you were there. My own business class. Under a jumper, ignoring everything that happens. These poor people. Because uh, when you go on holiday, obviously you're waiting to start your holiday. To be yeah. in that situation, that's it, what would send me off. Like it's bad enough, you know, for us. Yeah. Imagine if you've got a little baby and you've you've like doing that flight. It's already horrific enough. Yeah. And then you've got to do it again. Yeah, it's just like horrendous. Nah, the nah. thing about me is I don't like packing because, as you know, I pack everything you I own. You pack for Australia. And just having to um like get back to Perth and then go and then open up your luggage again and then get your toiletries out, that to me just does my head in. That is <laughs> the biggest that part of it. That is the greatest hardship, you're right. <laughs> and I do think people would turn to me and look for me as being a hero. I do. I just think naturally there would be a silence on the plane no. and then slowly people would just turn no. to me and then give me that look of... Nathan, you'd have your hood on and Nathan, you'd be eating quinoa. Help us. <laughs> no one else can mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. And then I'd do some. Is this buffy an imaginary thing. flight where you're the only other person on? <laughs> <laughs> this is Nathan, Nat, and Sean.
Serena Williams, mm. that was like watching a reality show. That was better. That was more drama than The Bachelor. So Serena was shooting for her 24th Grand Slam title to equal the great Margaret Court. Mm. And um, she was up against Naomi Osaka, who's up for claiming her first ever title and had an amazing run. She's only young. It's it's all happening. Serena got a call from the umpire against her because her coach was coaching in the coach's box, which is what I imagine so, coaches do. So no, no they're not no, allowed not to. Allowed they're not to. allowed to. So he was doing a hand he was se- signal. Oh, yeah, she says it was a thumbs up. Yeah, and then he, well, when you saw it, it wasn't. Um, so this is her arguing with the umpire. I didn't get coaching. I didn't get coaching. You need to take. You need to make an announcement that I didn't get coaching. I don't cheat. I didn't get coaching. How can you say that? You owe me an apology. I have never cheated in my life. Yeah. She took it very personally. She, she lost the went plot. off. So and the... she was penalised a game. Yeah. Oh, only because she went back and then, yeah. you know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe, yeah. Um, so was he coaching? Well, yeah. I was, but I was like 100% of the coaches on 100% of the matches. So we have to stop this uh, hypo- hypocrite thing. Sasha was coaching every point too. So he, so he told her to go. He was signalling for her to just go into the net, yeah. close a few of the points mm. out. My thing with this is, if you're if the person you're coaching is down there screaming where everyone can mm. hear, I wasn't being coached, mm. back her liar. I know. You just hung her out to dry. The, the thing is, as the it player is. on the court, you can't control what your coach is doing in the box. And if they're signalling you and you don't see it, is that still coaching? Do you know what I mean? Like... Well, well, you yeah, can't it would be them. no. That's it's coaching. It's it's what he does. Whether I suppose it is. Yes, because he's is. still doing yes. it. And, and but I think Serena, yeah, you're not call. cheating, but your coach is. It's so a ridiculous he, call. They should be able to give instruction yeah. from wherever they're sitting. It's, any yeah. other it's sport, you can sport. you can coach. But your, Serena yeah. lost the plot. Oh, yeah. it, it totally overshadowed a great victory by poor Naomi Osaka, who's the oh, first Japanese woman to yeah. win a Grand Slam title. So here she is, um, um, at the end, and everyone's everyone's booing, right, and then. She was really picking up what the crowd were putting down, and this is what she had to say. You know that everyone was cheating for her, and I'm sorry it had to end like this. Um... She wouldn't have to apologise. She was smashing her anyway. Yeah. Like she rolled her in the first yes. set easy, and yeah. she was on her way to victory regardless. Yeah. That oh. poor girl. Imagine so... you've won your first Grand Slam, and your speech is an apology for winning. <laughs> That's <laughs> ridiculous. It's pretty funny. <laughs> the poor, the poor this is Nathan, Nat and Sean. So Naomi, Naomi Osaka, mm. she is the US Open champion. Yeah. But it was somewhat overshadowed by the major meltdown that Serena Williams had when she was accused of cheating because her coach was coaching, yeah. which is not allowed. And then when she was getting her presentation at the end for winning, um, the whole crowd's booing the umpire and the situation, mm. and she apologised to everyone for winning. That's <laughs> not fair. Her moment was ruined. <laughs> ruined. So we want to know if your major achievement was overshadowed by some other drama as well. Gemma's in Parkerville. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi Gem. Gem, what happened? It was more a milestone than an achievement. That's yeah. okay. The dad went to go tell my parents I'd left my partner of 10 years. I walked in and my brother's sitting there in tears. Mm-hmm. And he had just split from his partner of two years. <laughs> so, sorry. Okay. So in that situation, you've read the room. You know what's going on. Did yeah. you proceed by with telling them your news as well? Or did you wait for another opportunity? Oh, I told them. They said, how are you going? I was like, oh, I've just left my partner too today. Yeah. 
and you a mine, get... mine was 10 years, so I'm, I'm five times more upset. Yeah, so, so did you get yeah. the more sympathy there, Jem? Did you get more recognition? No, quite equal. Yeah, oh, that's he got it first. No, it doesn't matter though. First. It's not equal. No. You had eight years on him. Yeah, they should have I'm dropped him. Yeah, and walked over to you and comforted you. I'm with you. What a what a devastating <laughs> that's, that's turn of so events, funny. Gemma. Thank you. Great example. Okay, Claire's in Morley. Hello. Hi. Hi, Claire. Okay, Claire. What was your achievement, and how was it overshadowed? Um, so I was about 20 years old at the time, and I won a bit of lotto. It was a few thousand dollars. It was oh. quite significant at the time. Yes. And I went home and went to brag to my family, and they didn't really seem happy for me. They didn't congratulate me or anything. And they said, oh, we've got a bit of better news. Your sister just got engaged. <laughs> So you and we're all putting in a couple of thousand dollars each for the present. <laughs> yeah. And you were completely put on the Claire, uh, back burner, Claire. I mean, statistically yeah. speaking, it was more likely she was going to get engaged than you were going to win anything in lotto, and you've nailed yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Upsetting. Okay, so let me think. Okay, so engage. Someone tells me they're engaged, and someone's told me they've won lotto. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm giving my I'm giving my joy and attention to the lotto winner. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. We're the ones with all the coin. Mm-hmm. All right, next time you win Lotto, you come tell us, yeah, by the you way. you let us know. We'll yeah. celebrate with you. This is Nathan, Nat and Sean. We're talking about when your achievements yep. might have been overshadowed by some other drama. Of course, this happened to Naomi Osaka. She won the US Open, but uh, Serena Williams' meltdown overshadowed it well and truly. Oh, we're going to go to Trish now in Maylands. Hi, Trish. Hi, good morning. How are you? Well, Hi, we're Trish. good, Trish. So, your moment to shine. What happened? Well, it wasn't really a moment to shine, okay. more of a drama. But oh. um, my husband and I were living in London, and I used to cycle to and from work every day. Yes. And this particular day, um, on the way home, a car opened its door as I was because the oh. roads are really skinny. Opened its door in front of me, and I flew over the top of the door. Whoa. I was fine. Look, I wasn't hurt or anything. Yeah. But the little old lady then got out of the car and she was the vicar's wife. She was mortified. The vicar then came out of the church. He drove me home with my crumpled bike. I opened the door expecting my husband to greet me and go, oh, my God, what's happened? Are you okay? And then he it was actually worse than me. He'd gone to the pub that night with friends yes. and he'd been hit randomly by oh. a guy and had this massive black eye. And it's like, no, this is the vicar been... has driven me home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Uh, the the vicar. Bloody vicar. <laughs> God's left hand drove me home. <laughs> oh, funny, Trish. Trish. Yeah, no, that's a stitch up. Thank you. Let's go to Teresa in Caramar. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, Hi Teresa. So what happened? So um, when I was younger, I used to play netball. We used to um, have this team that we always used to compete against. And, you know, they win a game and we'd win a game. And mm. it came to the big, the main championships and the finals. And we was in the finals against them again. Mm. And we won. And it was like a really, really big deal for, yes. for us and awesome. for myself. And we all got these great trophies. So I goes home all excited, went running in the house with this trophy. And as I walked in the door, I'd got my two brothers and my dad, mm. and they were just sat there in tears. And I'm like, what happened? oh, look, you know, we've won this trophy. And I'm like, I stopped for a moment, and I went, oh, what's wrong? And then my dad announced that my mum had left him. And, oh. and I was like, oh, oh, my God. Like, and I was just absolutely speechless. <laughs> I was like, oh, Okay, were you fuming God. at the fact Sorry, that your mum had left your dad, or this is your moment? Like, hey! <laughs> 
Teresa, that's devastating on every front. Yeah, yeah, oh. it was, but oh. I was still, oh my God, like the whole, the whole, like, you're pretty much competing against this team when we finally oh, won yeah, this uh, you big You beat the arch nemesis. And you've yeah, no, your dad. Your dad. <laughs> this is Nathan, Nat and Sean. Hey, sleepyhead. Why so sleepy? Oh, it's because your mattress is a bag of potatoes and scrap metal. You should try a Nectar mattress. With award-winning layers of comfort, you can sleep easy knowing you got incredible value. Mattresses start at just $499, and you get hundreds of dollars in accessories thrown in, as well as a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com. Well, I tell you what, they deserve it. They won the prelim final against Collingwood, who bought their A game. Yeah, they Collingwood threw supporters everything. be proud of their team as well. But we're proud of our one of our team members, Chris Marston from the West Coast Eagles, Masto. who's now into a prelim. Basto, how are you, brother? Hey guys, what's you've, going on? You've never seemed better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, what do you mean? I, I just like, I just like I, I like aligning myself with a winner. Um, uh, oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Masto Nathan <laughs> actually watched the game. Entire game. Wow, nice. What do you reckon? I thought it was great. Like, um, <laughs> uh, did you, you like lose your lights? remote? What happened? <laughs> no, no, no. I was there with mum and dad. We got Guzmani Gomez, and we just sat there and like had a feed. And um, but it was interesting watching things. Like, I didn't know that if the ball hit the goal umpire instead of the goal, then that wasn't going to be allowed. I didn't know stuff like that, so well, it was like it, a very interesting learning experience. Well, I, don't, I, think it was I didn't learning, know that either. Yeah, <laughs> Masto, it was a learning experience for everyone because yeah. in general play, if it hits the goal umpire, then yes. it's just play on. Or because that, umpire, that, yeah. that play on and the, the goal, that, who got the goal straight after that? Did Jack did Jack soccer that one through or pop yeah, it was in? It, it was a point though. Yeah, it, it was declared a point. Oh, it was a point. Yeah, well, but it was a goal. He got he ended up getting a goal. Uh, after. Yeah. yeah. That and was brilliant. then they had to look at it to say, was yeah. it going to hit the post? Which it was going to hit the post, but the umpire hit the umpire, so... I'm, I'm a bit stuck with that one still. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea what was going on. But. <laughs> well, imagine me. Yeah. Yeah, it. <laughs> it was like that for three hours. <laughs> I guess, Masto, one of the big things for everyone, um, for you out on the ground, what was the noise like? Can you explain that feeling? Yeah, it's so loud. But you can't you can't hear the whistle and you can't like you can't speak to a dude that's more than one metre away from you. You can't hear anything. Really? At, at times, yeah, it's so loud. like... It's you compare it to the grand final, sort of loud, like hectic. Hey, it's so really good. you've been in here with us a billion times. We've got like hand signals that we do to each other, um, not do to each other. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> bend over. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. <laughs> yeah. So we do hand signals when we're talking and stuff like that in case we want to get one of our attention. I'm doing one and now. Stuff like, yeah. Yeah, Natalie's telling me to point to the sky with the middle finger. <laughs> um, do you guys have sort of signals like that when a situation uh, like that occurs? Yeah, you, there's a lot of pointing and directing out there we've done with your hands, but they're not like we don't sit in the team meeting and just discuss what symbols we're gonna yeah. <laughs> If I touch my yeah, hat, yeah, but you do get used to working with each other with a bit of yeah. a nod and a sure. bit of a glance, you know, what yeah, the maneuver is. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. And Masto, can you tell us what the feeling was like? You've done your warm up, you've gone back inside, Simo's given you a bit of a spiel, you've all come together standing in the race before. Can you before explain, you run out in the under the inflatable that? bird? Yeah, it's pretty good. You walk through the, the bar, though, so the bar yeah. is always fun. You get to go on, and that, but it was. 
extras on the weekend. And then um, in the yeah, in the tunnel, everyone was pretty pumped. There's a lot of screaming carrying on. And then uh, yeah, bang, you run out. Have you, you, have, at, you, have you sorry? Have you thought about um uh, taking a compass through that bird and then punching it on the <laughs> way through so you don't have to run through it anymore? <laughs> that would be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and just deflate the radical. Because it's a bit sad. Because the Collingwood Cheer Squad came out, put up their banner, and then I like the banner. And then we just ran out through a puffed up bird. And I like the ba- what I like. I like the banner that because you don't know if they're going to get message. through it. Yeah. Yeah. No, also, yeah. like, it's uh, is someone going to get clotheslined by some extremely strong tape? It's, yeah, and that's it's different a lot. every time, you know. But the banner's out. It's clearly yeah. out. I reckon people start following what West Coast is doing. When you're walking through the bar, are you looking at people? Can you? I know there's a lot of noise going on, but how much in the zone are you at that particular? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to high five people and have a look and <laughs> say what up to some people. What Pretty up? fun, actually. What up? <laughs> what up? Uh, some guys. Uh, <laughs> Masso, some guy's really intense because we did. We talked about Lewis Jetta being late to the ground, and yeah. he said he just cruised in. You know, no big yeah, deal. Standard. Walk, yeah, yep. standard. Like I probably yep. would have put me off personally. Um, who are the guys who are really intense? Uh, uh, Hutchie's pretty intense. Yeah, um, he's because he, you know, he knows what he's doing, and his role's pretty involved. So he's pretty intense. Um, Gov's not at all. <laughs> um, who else? Bunger probably, but. Bunga knows, you know, Bunga knows what he's got in him, so he's not too worried. I don't know. Everyone's pretty chilled, actually. We've, pretty, we've got a pretty chilled locker room. We have music blaring constantly, a lot of rubbish being spoken and having a few laughs, so yeah, it's pretty good. What music? What music? Yeah. Um, that Dua Lipa, a lot of. <laughs> a lot of Dua Lipa. Lipa. <laughs> it's, it's a, you you thought Dua Lipa was an Italian restaurant. <laughs> so. so we listen to meatballs and <laughs> pasta. <laughs> <laughs> we listen to ricotta lasagna. <laughs> was there any pack made after the final whistle, Masto, when you guys all got together? Uh, nah, no, not, not really. It was pretty standard. Um, everyone was pretty pumped out there on the ground and was, it was good, you know, having a few hugs and uh, getting in the little huddle. But, yeah, nothing really spoken too much. Pretty, pretty normal. Hey, what happens with your week off now? Did, what do you, like, what? I've actually got no idea. Um, we've got a normal day today, but... I think, I don't, I think we had two weeks. We had a couple of days off last time, but I don't reckon they'll do it this time. We, need, we kind of need to you know, prepare yeah, pretty well. Yeah. So what does a normal day involve? What's happening today? Uh, we start about midday, go in, um, do a walk jog around the ground, do like a few kicks, but nothing serious. Like We don't be running too much. Yeah. Um, and then meetings, um, and that's it pretty much today. And then tomorrow we'll be off, then probably train Wednesday, train Friday. Possibly a little hit up on Saturday. So. Wow, yeah, I thought matching. I thought because you've like now gotten to this stage, it'd be locked down, and every day you'd have some intense stuff on. Yeah, no, nah, like, we can't. You can't really do it. Your, your body's, you know, just holding on at this point. Finely tuned <laughs> so, athletes. These oh, are, mate, yeah. I can, w- w- our bodies are just holding on, and we, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we sit on a stool and talk. <laughs> so. Well, I look forward to another big week, Matt. So uh, you're still going to be the talk of the town um, following the big victory over Collingwood. We gear up to some absolutely cracking games this weekend as well. And and you'll get to see who you play, whether it will be Melbourne or Hawthorne. Uh, Two teams, though, that can really bring a a strong opposition to you next time you play, which will be great for people watching anyway. It'll be a massive test. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be huge. Can't wait to see 60,000 again next week. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Good work, Masto. Congratulations. Congratulations. See you later in the week, eh? Nat's yeah. on. Choose him over Greg Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nathan, Nat and Sean. Been threatening it for a while now, but... Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
Yeah. Here is Jess. Grab the children and run. From the block. Jess, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Morning, hello. Jess. Hello, lady. We're very grateful oh. to finally talk to you, Jess. <laughs> Oh, mate, I'm in I'm in the Woolies car park at the moment and I could hear, and he was short, say these lovely things about me and I don't know what was going on. I'm like, hello, hello, you've said something nice about me. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. nothing to start you know with, what? but I agree. You know what, Jess? That's over. Let's get stuck into it. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jess, you are hands down my favourite contestant for years. You are so funny. Oh. Well done. Oh, love. You're easily pleased, I reckon. No, no, no. 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 And I feel like we've got a kindred spirit with you because um, you uh, do our job as well. Yeah, but not as well. So that's why I have to be on the TV show. Have you heard us? <laughs> <laughs> you should us. We're absolute rubbish. Hey, Jess, I'm with Nathan. You and Norm have been so great. Yeah. I think, um, gee, the other's just paling into significance at times and they've got to make dramas up around yeah. them. But you guys do a great job. And it seems like you've got a really good relationship with Keith and... And, and Scotty on the block as well, which is not easy sometimes. Yeah, well, um, when we were on the block and Scotty told us not to tell anyone, but I assumed that um, that was just while block was filming, that um, we would go to Scotty's house to biz. And Aww. then she'd say, don't tell the other contestants because there's a bit of jealousy or whatever. Okay, oh, yeah. But we just loved him. He was, And then him and Norm were like two old blokes. And then they would just talk about. I was actually a bit bored sometimes because they just talk about nails. <laughs> nails. You know, like two old builders get together and talk yeah. about. Have you tried this one? Uh, <laughs> oh, you should. Hey, so Scotty's come in here so many times, mm. and um, he's told us about um, all the work that he's gotten done in his house, um, especially his like man cave sort of area. What's yeah. it like? Oh, so the house we went into, he bought the apartment. From the Melbourne block a couple of years ago. So he's got a house in Sydney. Then he lived in his other house, out the other half with, um, while he's filming in Sydney. And it's the, do you remember Port Melbourne block where they did the challenge apartment? Yes. Yes. He bought the challenge apartment. He bought the, and then he was so embarrassed because when we went over there, the poor bugger, something was in his bin and it stunk. And it was just stinking out the whole back area. But we didn't care because we were having drinks with Scotty Cat. Like, actually, a cow could have pooed on my shoe. You know what? <laughs> in these scenarios, when you're in Scotty Cam's apartment that he bought off the block and something stinks, that is better than any of our places, hands down, any day of the week. Tell me about it. I was just stoked. I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell me, Mum. <laughs> That's right. Now, <laughs> Jess, so we saw last night, you know, the fireplace. And we thought it was a yeah. great idea. Putting the, that marble in the looked like it was just the yep. hardest thing in the world. Do you reckon, in hindsight, did you get it in the right spot? Because that was, I guess, what everyone was talking about. Oh, no, nah, no way. That was, the, <laughs> that was the shittiest spot ever for it. But, um, but we had to, I went out and then normally came back and was like, I've done it, pretty much. And um, I didn't have the, you know, when you don't know when someone's worked really hard, a bit like a kid. When they've worked really hard at a painting, but the painting's terrible. Yeah. So you just give them the, you're just like, oh, good job, buddy. Good yeah. job. Oh, we're going to get slammed for that. <laughs> well, that would be in direct contrast to Sarah, Sarah and Hayden, who she went out, came back, and he'd put a door up, and they almost got divorced over oh, it. Oh, she was losing Like, it. they were at one another's throats last night. Mate, is she in, is oh. she that intense? Because she exhausts me. Um, I've got two, like, the thing is with Sarah is that, I love her bravery. Like, who'd have the balls to carry on like that on telly? So, like, I, I, I respect her bravery. And also, um, 
if you're going to have a nearly get divorced over a door, you're in a bit of trouble. Yes. Don't you reckon? <laughs> the cracks are already there, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I reckon. But, yeah, she's exactly the same as she is on ca- off camera and she is on camera. Yeah. I don't mind her. Yeah. I mean, she didn't do any... Like, you're kind of, it's not like she blinds lights. But you know when you meet those people in life and if they're near you, you're like, yeah, well... Yeah. I would be more surprised if you were nice. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, Jess, what is your what are your plan? Are, are, are your job just on hold for your breakfast radio gig, or um, did you have to leave it? What's what's your plans next? Because I think this this show is going to do really good things for you. Um. Well, it looks like I've got this really big life plan, but I don't. <laughs> um. And you know, I've been doing radio for a few years, and then. If we do well at auctions, I might just have a rest and go on holiday to Bali for a while. Or like, I'm not very smart. <laughs> so <laughs> this, so this, I, I so what you're saying is this, this is... great opportunity. You're probably going to miss it. I'm going to blow it for sure. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to be a small girl in the Maldives, and I used to work in an orphanage in India, and I just sort of, I never really have a plan, you know. Really, you're you a did free that. Spirit. You did that, Jess. The orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was they, I only um I, I when I was a snorkel guide in the Maldives, people would go, oh, what's that fish? But I've got no idea, and they're really rich, and they'd say, what fish is that? And I'm like, if it's black and white, I'd be like, oh, that's a zebra fish. Every time, so every time someone went, is what fish is that? I'd just yell shark and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, if, if ever they ask too many questions, they'd always say it's breeding season. Move on. <laughs> how long? How long did you do those two jobs for? Because they sound quite amazing and different in 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 both yeah. respects. Um, I was a snorkel guide for it, snorkel guide for a year in the Maldives, and then I got engaged to a Maldivian over there. Yeah, and I was just gonna live on the island and um, islands. And I was like, "You beauty, why wouldn't you? Like, why would you just live on the Maldives?" <laughs> yeah, of but course. But I didn't realise he was um, um, which is gorgeous. He's um part of the Muslim, like the Muslim religion over there. But he had four wives because he's allowed to. Oh, and, uh, you were one of many. And I didn't realise that he had all these wives and I was in line to be fifth. Who did you think they were? um, (laughs) I don't know. But I I thought he would have been much better in bed with all the practice. (laughs) (laughs) And you weren't invited to any do's where all the the wives were there and then you're going to be the fifth slip. Well, the thing is, he never invited me out with all of his wives, which I... Like, what's wrong with me? Like, well, are you the same as me? Because oh, I can't hang with all the yeah. others. How so, embarrassing. This guy will marry anyone and he kept you on the side. <laughs> I know. What about, I know. What about being in India? How did you end up there? So, um, when, so I left that guy and then, um, and then you don't really hang around when you leave a guy with four wives. Yeah, okay. got a big coffee that can yeah. attack you. Yeah. So, um... I left and I went to Sri Lanka for a while and then I was like, oh, I've always heard how everyone goes, if you're spiritually lost, yeah. you'll go to India and everything will be all right. Yeah. And yeah, then right. you land in India and you realise it's actually the worst you have to do internally. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, you land in India and go, oh, my life's not so bad. <laughs> He's like, oh, all these books where you find in India is because you've actually got to work on yourself. And so I went to an orphanage and lived there for a year and I met this little boy. Am I talking too much? No. no. Um, Okay, and then, but I, I met this beautiful boy, these two beautiful boys called Raja and Smiley. Well, that was their English name. And um, I just fell in love with them. And um, one of them was disabled and we went and we, the kids interpreted disabled as something that you could change. So we worked really, so I worked really hard on just trying to 
um, create beautiful spaces for the disabled kids Aww. so it would change the perception of the guys in the orphanage. So that when I left, like normally you just like, oh, I love you, love you, love her, feed my soul. Okay, I'll go back to Western society now. Woo, eternal happiness. So I just tried to create something that was a bit more sustainable. Um, and then I got bitten by a monkey in the orphanage. And then um, <laughs> and then I had to um, fly home because I was starting to develop all these scabs in my body from the inside out. Oh, my, my God. God. You were going to get rabies. A yes. monkey. <laughs> was it a friendly monkey or was it just a wild one so, that cruised in? No, it was an a-hole. There's no friendly uh, monkeys. Okay, no friendly mm, monkeys. They've all got the but potential. I have, but I have to be careful who I tell this story to, because if you tell it to strangers, they just think you're a trooper. Like, they just say... No, they don't. A little bit. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's, she's a monkey attack survivor, is what I, I see. I love Brave it. story. So the block was, that was a walk in the park for you, wasn't it? There was nothing. <laughs> well, not really. It could easily get bitten by monkeys, but can't survive... According to the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you funny lady. Oh, very Jess. entertaining, Jess. It's been wonderful to catch up. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again before the end of the series. Yeah, love y'all. Thanks for having me. Good on no you, Jess. Say good Norm. Bye. Bye, honey. This is Nathan, Nat, and Sean. Good morning to you, Steve. Yes, good morning. I tell you what, the Waffle Grand Final is going to be an absolute cracker if yesterday was any indication, I think. It so, might well be the game that we saw again yesterday too. Subiaco versus South Mantle. It was a belter yesterday. Yeah, well, the Bulldogs got off to a flying start, mm. five goals to one in the first quarter, and then Subiaco, after copping a spray from Scoey, Jared Schofield, they, they uh, yeah, they came back. Yeah, they did, and I think it was five goals to one in the first quarter, which was amazing. And even the Resi's game, Subiaco kicked seven goals to none against East Perth, and East Perth kicked the last five or six goals of the match in the last ten minutes to win the game. It was Jeez. pretty oh. incredible theatre all day there at uh, Leaderville Oval yesterday, and Obviously, South Ramon will have to play West Perth again this week at, uh, at South Ramon Oval, so that'll be good down there on Sunday. But, yeah, I, I think there, I think there were 3,000-odd people out at Joondalup yesterday watching West Perth beat Claremont. There was a big crowd at, at Leaderville. There's a few legends there, Kim Hughes, uh, a few Subi legends like Kevin Merrifield and Laurie Keane. And, you know, there's, there's a few people coming back to the Waffle Footy, and that's as a result of the standard, which has really lifted this year. Yeah, hopefully some more guys will get picked up like Tim Kelly did and, and was a really shining well, if light you watch for the Hayden Floyd playing again yesterday, he just shouldn't be in the in the Waffle. And, you know, Marlon Pickett didn't have his best game probably yesterday, but when it was on, he just really rose. In the last quarter, he was unbelievable. And there's just some players there that you can't believe aren't playing AFL footy. Yeah, mature-age players should go to those yeah. bottom bottom teams for sure. Well, look what Liam Ryan did the other night. Yeah, yeah. Leanne Rhymes. <laughs> You can't stop the moonlight. Good I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop the moonlight. Hey, Steve, now let's talk about the big game on Saturday night between the West Coast Eagles and Collingwood. Hey, Steve, <laughs> I watched the whole thing. No, you didn't. Yeah, he was being held down. prisoner, obviously. Yeah, I Where were you did. tied down? I was at mum and dad's house, tied down as usual. Because <laughs> <laughs> they won't let him leave. <laughs> that's your bad boy, Bubby, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I tell you what, for me to choose one game of the entire season to watch. It was a good one. I, that was a good one to watch. It was a good one. And, and all credit to Collingwood, they really turned it on. And they did. To think that, uh, I mean, Tyson Goldsack, everyone's raving about him. I, Josh Kennedy was clearly rusty. Yeah. So he got, he got the right bloke. But look, as the game went on, I thought Josh Kennedy was extremely influential too. So you can rave about Tyson Goldsack as much as you like, but uh, I thought Josh Kennedy played a massive role, particularly when they came back in that last quarter. Him and Jack Darling were awesome. And the, the actual theatre and experience there was unbelievable on on, uh, on Saturday night. With 
to think that that's what the new stadium has brought us is pretty special. Because It's amazing, isn't it? Well, from the moment that Julie Bishop released the Eagle, and that's not code for anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since Natalie released the Eagle. <laughs> Pussy Willow. <laughs> oh, it's an early call. <laughs> it is an early call. But no, from the moment she did that, the, and, you know, the welcome to country from Keith Narkle yep. and then the Wolf Mother starts playing or whatever it is. And it's just, yep. a, it's a great theatre there now. And, when Jack Darling kicked the goal that put him in front, and even Lewis Jetta's unbelievable, and like, gee, I love that kid. The boy yeah. from Bunbury, what a legend. Oh. I love him. Can't have enough man love for that lad. And uh, when that, when those two goals were kicked, the noise at Optus Stadium was just so invigorating. It was amazing. You know who hasn't got enough credit, and that's um, Liam Duggan, who laid the tackle that was able to affect the handball that Collingwood player was going to give off, and then um, Lewis Jetta got it, yep. was able to um, make his way through and snap that goal. If he hadn't have yes. had enough force in that tackle, that handball would have been out, and I'm telling yep. you, Collingwood would have scored. It would yeah. have been completely no, the, You're right, and, and they were open. I, where I was sitting on the ground, you could yep. see it opening up for them on that very play. You're right. And, you know, it was it was pretty indicative that Liam, Ryan effort, uh, Liam Duggan effort, the... Uh, Willie Rioli effort earlier in the game, his tackle, uh, some of the pressure was just immense. And, you know, it, it was just good footy. And I feel for Collingwood a little bit. And Eddie Maguire's made some comments over East this morning about how the AFL's messed up the picture. And I tend to agree with him a little bit because the winner of the Collingwood uh, Hawthorne match now will have to, no, sorry, Collingwood GWS match now will only get a six day break into a preliminary final against Richmond at the MCG. And that's, yep. that's not right. Yeah, no, that's that, not that, right. That, that's just not right. Yeah. Great. I got a question about something that happened. <laughs> Here we go. No, no, no. So, um, okay. So, Luke Shuey's running. He's got yes. the ball. It looks like he's about to kick it. And yep. someone comes from behind and tackles him, right? Okay. So, when that happened, why wasn't someone like you would in a British pantomime go, he's behind you? They couldn't hear anything. Well, the crowd yeah, kind of let you because, know because that. Because when yeah. they're yelling, they stand like Marcel Marceau when, they're, when the yeah. crowd's yelling like that because you just can't hear him. Yeah. Because yeah. Luke Shuey's can... fast, isn't he? Oh, yeah, but yeah. To get taken but down, Travis Varco has got faster. the Jets. Oh, can I just say something? Yeah, Can I just say it. something on Travis Varco, yeah. too? When the two teams lined up before the game, a week after Travis Varco's sister was tragically killed in a footy accident, and they're doing the one-minute silence for him, so Mark yeah. Redding's the on-ground announcer was announcing it, it was for him. Can you imagine the intensity of that situation for that young man? Like, oh, what a yeah. legend. And then, he, and then he kicks the first goal for him to really yep. spark him, and then he lays yep. that tackle. Oh, gee, yep. And it was lovely at the end of the game as well. Everyone, all the Eagles came up and and hugged him and stuff. That was really nice. I saw Nick Natanui even on his crutches, crutch his way over to Travis Barco and give him a big hug. And when I thought about that intensity of what that young man must have felt when Mark Reddings mentioned the fact that they were doing that one-minute silence for his sister and he's looking at the sky and his mates hugging him. I teared up yesterday. it It was immensely powerful moment and for him to actually respond the way he did tells you about a, a very strong strength of character in a young man. Yeah, agree yeah, wholeheartedly, Steve. Yep, Collingwood would be wrapped with the way their team played and they'll yep. be disappointed that they probably let one slip in their minds yeah. and certainly from a West Coast and Couple WA that perspective. hit the post if they didn't hit the post. Well, Travis Varco was running into a goal yeah. and he slipped really, he got a handball, he slipped on that like 50 yep. metre yeah. line. Like, that There's was a, a lot of slipping early in the yeah, game. Yeah, it was a pivotal yeah. moment. But anyway, well, there was rain. As I was walking in, it, it rained. And you know what, Sean? Yep. You know that you know how in the paper every week in the game list in the pregame list that we do it that betting betting column? Yes. I look well, at yours. I needed West Coast to win by fourteen points. And when Jack Redden to to win a hundred uh, yes. to win five hundred and thirty three dollars for charity, and when Jack Redden took that mark and the siren went, the Eagles were ten points up. So he needed to kick the goal for me mm. to win five hundred and thirty three dollars for charity. Yes. So Jack Redden, good karma for you, brother. Well yes, done. Steve, well done, mate. Well done. Very nice by Jack. 
I love his work. Steve, he, he was very good too. Yeah, he had a good game. Brad Shepard went down. And then, isn't that a sad uh, yeah. piece of uh, work there too by Brad? Because he's been so good this year. Played his 150th game recently for the Eagles. He's just a star, the young man. And uh, it looks like he may be well out for the rest of the, rest of the season. I'll put a now, line so. through him. Yeah. I'll put a line through him. 21 days for a hemi. Hey, mate. Yeah, um, you in the paper today have written an article about the woman that Sean calls the most boring person on the planet. <laughs> I think that's self-designed. You mean Sally Pearson? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, think, like, I, yes. I don't think Sean's alone. I find it reasonably interesting. I, she's just such a quirky, narky. You know, you, you can see why she's so good because she just hate. She sort of hates the world. I think. Yeah. And yeah. She's, she's an introvert naturally. Yeah. Like she's yeah, just she not is. somebody that she just. Does her talking on the track. Yeah. Sean, explain explain how you got to this, Sean. Well, we had her in here for an interview, mm. and, and you'd agree, Nathan, because you were right yeah. with me. Um, so we had her in. It was, wasn't the greatest mm. interview we've ever done, that's for sure. Hard to get her to open up. And then when she walked out of here, there's a whole heap of school children that doing were a here tour. Yeah. doing a tour, and they've spotted Sally Pierce. Yeah. They were so excited. And yeah. she couldn't converse she with them, gave them <laughs> donuts and just brushed them aside. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. I've, I've seen that a few times, and it's, it's never good when you see it. But the other, on the flip side of that, I saw her with a bunch of probably about 50 little athletes at uh, the WA Athletic Stadium last week, and she was absolutely brilliant with them. Yeah. She, she very attentive. Uh, took them through some drills. She was doing a bunch of burpees with them and all those sorts of things. Which that's not what you do after a pie, Nathan. That's uh, an actual <laughs> athletic institute. Sausage roll, get uh, it right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and she was brilliant with the kids. So you know it, it was absolutely amazing to see her at that close quarters to see what she was doing. So I don't know. I think I think she just flicks, flicks the switch every now and then and uh, turns yeah. into a different person. Maybe if she's but prepared I, for it. Maybe she was just blindsided by all those children. She might be. But yeah. in in, mm. in, the, in the newspaper article today, the photograph of the young girl with her, Sophie yep. White. Yeah, she doing. She recently the... equalled Sally's 15-year under 18 Australian record. Wow. She's in going places. Remember her name, Sophie White. Okay, Sophie Steve. White. Well done, right. mate. Heard it first on Sean Sports. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nathan Nat and Sean.